Hi, friends, and welcome to The Afterword, a podcast where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we're studying in the Bellevue Women Bible Study each week. I'm your host, Donna Gaines, and I'm here with my co-host, Dana Street, and we're once again joined by Peggy Williams and Leslie Hollowell. As we work through Lesson 7 of our spring Bible study, All That Matters, Walk Worthy, the message of Colossians and Philemon, we've moved from the doctrinal foundation of our faith, who we are in Christ, to the action to which it calls us, how we should live in Christ. Because we've been raised with Christ, we can now walk in freedom and the new life that He died to give us. And that, friends, is great news. You're listening to The Afterword. Well, ladies, thank you once again for joining us. And boy, our passage of Scripture today, whoa, is it rich and full? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I have been looking forward to this week for a long time because, you know, you have to set up the whole doctrinal part of it. Right. You've got to get that foundation. But then it's the practical side of living it out. And so the next few weeks are just going to be phenomenal as we walk through how we live out our new faith and what that looks like. I'm really excited about it. And done a great lesson today talking about so putting, taking off the old and putting on the new. And Leslie, share what you were sharing just a minute ago. Yeah. In our lesson this morning, Kim Tucker and I teach a homeschool girls class. And she was sharing so many women will, when they put on the new, they forget to take off the old sometimes or they begin to layer. And so <laughs> walking in the freedom is what we're going to be talking about. Right. You got to get rid of all the layers, right. you the know, and baggage. walk in the, yes. in the truth of who God is. Yes. Absolutely. So what is it? Hebrews 12, 1, throw off anything that hinders yes. you. And so that's going to look different for everybody. So. Exactly. Yes. And you know, it goes back to those verses one through four of getting our heart mm -hmm. and mind set on things above. Our heart's affections and the thoughts as we have those fixed on Christ, then that inner transformation starts to take place, which then God allows us to see some of the things that need to be taken off. Right. <laughs> and we can cast right. those aside and take mm -hmm. on the literal character of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And I know women, all of us want to walk in freedom. We know that Christ said, you will know, experientially know the truth and the truth will set you free. Mm. Well, that truth that we immersed ourselves in today is literal truth that brings freedom. And Paul's giving us examples of what needs to be jettisoned in our life and what we need to put on. So how do we help each other do that? How do we help women do that? For those that are listening, what do we need to be free from? <laughs> and how do we proceed? You know, we've talked so much about what puts us in bondage are the lies. And I will say, I'm not being dramatic here. I'm not just talking about the women I counsel. The majority of Christian women I know, they know they're saved. They don't know they're loved mm -hmm. deeply mm -hmm. by God. Therefore, that leaves them open yes. to bondages of people or circumstances or themselves. And they try to fill it with all kinds of things. We've talked about comparison. We've talked about performance. And none of that's going to work. And they keep that on. And they're not free. And they don't know why, because I know the scriptures, I'm doing the Bible studies, I'm doing all this, but they don't know deep in their inner being, I'm deeply loved by God. Right. And just trying to do a more sanctified version of the old me. Yes. Just trying to clean it up. Yes. the old me. Yes. 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 And coming to life in yeah. Christ. Yeah. yeah. I read a quote. It says, if we want to change what is being harvested in our lives today, we must examine 
what was planted or cultivated in our lives previously. And I think so much of that, going back to like, what lie am I believe? Yes. What lie yes. has been planted in me as a kid? Or, you know, a lie that someone put on me that I can take off and go, that's not who I am in Christ. You know, he created me. He designed me. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, but that is really going to go back to what you were just talking about, being seeped in the Word. You know, if we're going to reveal the lies, we got to know the truth. And so, but I just thought that was really good. Like, what? Looking back, I've got to see if I'm harvesting this bitterness and where, what was planted back there that brought that, that I can begin to deal with now. So, And we have to be specific. Yes, because yes. lies will hold us hostage. Right. Yes. And we cannot get free if we do not go specifically to the root mm. and say, this is the specific lie that I, not just I've been believing a lot. No, what lie is it? Right. Because there's something at our core. And once we know that and we line it up with the truth of God's word, then yes, we are able to walk in freedom again. Yes. But it's a continual thing. It is. You know, because if we're not careful, the enemy, the world, the flesh, the devil, they hit us over the head and try to make us forget who we are in Christ. Right. And as soon as we do that, then we begin to believe the lie. Mm. And then before we know it, we're a long way from the truth and no longer we're communing with the Father like we're His child. But there's distance between us, and we know that. And then that makes things even worse. Mm. I think when the self-life reveals itself, the harvest— I think especially in the South, we try to cover it and hide it or make excuses for it. The best thing to do, like you said, is to identify it. What is the area right here of the bondage? And that's information about you. It's scary and all that, but that is information. And I think it's invitation from God. And this is an area you're not free. And just like two examples, I was thinking of pay attention to what provokes you. Pay attention to that Mm -hmm. because that is information and it's not condemnation. It's saying... God is saying, you're not free here. Let's think about what's going on. And then disproportionate reactions like somebody says a tiny little thing and you're depressed about it for three days. Well, that is just doesn't go together. What is happening there? What is that little root? You know, the scripture says, search me and know me. That's right. Know my heart. That's right. And it's an inner work. I think it's a continual. You got to do it, it every, the first time's really hard. You might be there a long time. That's right. <laughs> but if you, maintenance, you know, if you keep yeah. it up. But let God show you and be free of that so you won't be, you don't have to be provoked so easily. Right. But women will tell me, they'll say, he just pushes my buttons. I go, well, let's change the buttons. Like, mm-hmm. what are those buttons? Let's examine that and let's change those buttons mm-hmm. so you're unscathed on that. Mm-hmm. They can't fathom that they could change their buttons. But that's not about the guy. It's about you. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. If it comes out, it's in there. Regardless of what provokes it, it's, it's in there. It's Amy yes. Carmichael's, you know, a cup brim yes, full of sweet water sure. cannot spill one yes. drop of bitter water, however, suddenly yeah. jostles because yeah. it's just not in there. And so that's where we've got to do the brave thing mm-hmm. that you're talking about, Peggy, and that is, Lord, search me and try me. And that's a work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it is not just about what we know factually. It's about what we know experientially. What are we allowing to literally come into our hearts and minds Mm -hmm. so that it changes the way we think and changes the way we act? We've mentioned before Peter Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And he says you've got to go back to go forward. You have to look at your family Mm -hmm. of origin. You've got to look at patterns of communicating, gender roles, you know, how your family dealt with conflict. Think through all those things so that you understand 
why am I so easily provoked? Or why mm-hmm. do I think this has to be done this way? Or why am I so insecure when this happens? Yes. And I feel like I have to protect or defend myself. That's the self-life that we're supposed to be dead to. So that's that one of those red flags yeah. <laughs> waving saying, hey, pay attention here. Mm-hmm. Let's get to the root of this and figure out what's going on so you can be set free. But if you don't know God loves you deeply, mm. you're going to feel the condemnation and you won't run to a father that you feel condemned right. by. Lisa Harper says she grew up thinking God was, I apologize for all the librarians, she felt like God was that unsmiling, unibrow librarian, Mm -hmm. that he was always frowning at her saying, I'm so disgusted by you. When are you going to get together? Mm -hmm. And she said it wasn't until her 50s that she understood that God liked her, that he took delight in her, that he smiled at her, which is so sad to me to wait till your 50s to know that. So many women think he's that unsmiling person. It's just, I'm waiting to get you. I'm waiting for you to mess up. And I see in the scripture, God says, I'm so for you. Let me free you of that. It's a burden. It's too heavy. Let me free you from that so you can live this life for me. No, it makes me think of the prodigal father because that's what Tim Keller calls him. Prodigal means spendthrift. And he said, it's not the prodigal son, it's the prodigal father who was willing to spend so much on this son who's in the depths of sin and who's coming back. And what's he doing? He's watching for him. He's longing for him. He let him go. He let him self-destruct. But then he was there to welcome him when he came back and to think that that's the heart of the Father of God and that he's the running God. That's what the Jews call him. You know, the converted Jews say he's the running God. He's the God who runs after us. He chases. Yes. Yes. Like we sang this morning. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Well, and for me, I think I had to, you know, get in the Word and change my view of God from what I really grew up, maybe an illegalist at home, thinking, you know, he was the one who was going to pound you over the head, to really understanding that Ephesians 3.12 says, in him and through faith in him, we may approach the throne of God with freedom and confidence. And I had to really understand what that freedom and confidence looked like, like with everything. That's Mm -hmm. what he came for. That's what he died for. (laughs) You know, that my mess is why he sent his son. And so, but those are hard things if you grew up kind of in a legalistic home or whatever, where everything was following rules rather than relationship. And or so, if you're a firstborn Bill, that thinks you have to do everything right. Yes, <laughs> or you have perfectionistic tendencies. <laughs> um, I think it goes back to a fear of God. And that's not a scary thing. I think people that grew up, like maybe parents said, you better do this or God's going to get you. And that just developed that. And that is true. God does see and hear the things when we're not, the self-life comes out. But God also sees when we're trying the thing, when we're like, my flesh wants to go this way, but I'm going this way. I think that brings a smile of God. Mm -hmm. I believe that. We're in His presence all the time acting that way. And He loves us. He's He's rooting for us. I really believe that. Well, and we're going to fear something. And what we fear, we worship. Mm -hmm. It's important to us. So if God is the one we fear and revere, we will not fear man or circumstances or anyone or anything else. We have reverential fear only for Him. But then that leads to trust of Him too, because we recognize who He is, that He is all-powerful, all-loving. Yes, He's holy, 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 but He is also love. And he comes after us with that love. And when we surrender to that love, even though it's painful for us, and that's the pride. I mean, that honestly, just get down to the root issue. Which needs to go anyway, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's the root of so much sin of that just trying to Mm self-protect and, you know, position ourselves and look the right way and say the right thing and to realize we don't have to do that. It's like I was talking about, you know, my nephew interviewing today for this tenured professor position and maybe being able to tell him, you yeah. know what, do it as unto the Lord. 
you're not competing. You don't have to have this position. You want it if God wants it for you. And if you've prepared and you've surrendered to the Lord, nobody can keep you out of that if it's His will. Absolutely. <laughs> and wow, what a free way to live. Mm. Mm. And I think that requires, though, an understanding of the grace of God. Yes. Because we miss out on so much. I mean, we have this whole concept of grace is the unmerited favor of God. But I think grace is so much more. Right. It is that, but it's more than that. It is the God who is chasing after us, who has open arms and says, come to me. I know you're weary today. Bring it all to me. That is grace. And it's not until we can experience the grace of God in our lives that we can begin to give grace to other people. And that is so key as we move into talking about relationships next week. I think it's going to be vital for us to understand grace and to give grace. Yes. I remember back in my 20s, I was really trying to break free of a lot of, you know, the views I had of God or my own stuff or whatever. But Psalm 119, 145 says, I will walk about in freedom because I have sought out your precepts. Mm. So I was like, okay, God, I'm going to walk in freedom because of... So I began to dig deeper into God's Word myself, just like we had that little date night. And I remember seeing Moses be able just to come to God with all these questions, like, did I birth these people? Or Gideon, where he sat, you know, and we talked about this before, but where he sat with God and said, well, if you're with me, why has all this happened? Like he was able to approach him with freedom and God gave him that grace. He's like, I'm not throwing you out. I need to use you. So let's get through this, you know, but I felt like that's where I was during that season of just finding out the beauty of the grace of God, as you were talking about, because we can't approach Him. And that's where your freedom's coming from, you know, digging deep into God's Word. I will walk about in freedom because I have sought out your precepts. And to me, that's where freedom is. Makes me think of that old classic by Hannah Whitehall Smith, The Christian Secret of a Happy Life. And in that, she gives an example of being out in the country visiting a family, and they had a little girl. She was like four or five, I think, if my memory is correct. But she was just running in and out of the house. And every time she came in, a parent would gently help her get her a glass of water or take care of her. And the child didn't have a care in the world. Mm. And she said, that's how we are to Mm. be with a Heavenly Mm. Father, that childlike faith and trust and being able to run into His presence you know, without hesitation, knowing that whatever need we have will be met. And that's so beautiful. I think at that time, our Allie was about four or five years old. And I just remember thinking what great lengths I would go to to make sure she had everything she needed to start kindergarten, that she would feel safe and secure, that she had food to eat. How much more does the Heavenly Father desire to do that for us? And so that's a beautiful picture for me is that childlike faith. We complicate everything. It really is surrender and trust Mm -hmm. and watch Him work. Well, in Galatians 5, it talks about it was for freedom That's right. that Christ set you free. So make sure you don't go back to bondage. Right. And I ask a lot of women, like, why wouldn't you want more freedom? And when it really gets down to it, who would they be without that bondage? Which yeah. is a scary yes. thing, but who would they be? And that's a scary thing. And, you know, I don't know if it's Priscilla Shire or Susie Larson, I don't know who says that, but we would prefer a preferred bondage to an unknown freedom. Mm. And that is so true because who would I be? What would I have if I didn't have that, that insecurity that I hide behind, that people pleasing, all the, whatever our thing is, who would I be? And that's something to really think about. Well, you'd be who you need to be in Christ, which would be so free and that childlike person. But it's a scary thought because it's become so much a part of their identity they don't even know what a freedom in Christ would be like. So we have to take that identity off yes, yes. and put and on put the on, identity of who we are which in Christ. Which comes to the truth of God's Word. Beloved and chosen. Yes. 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 Um, and 
you know, that we've received an inheritance, yeah. we're sealed for all of eternity, and that we're delighted in. That yes. right now, God the yeah. Father delights in you, just like you might delight over a small child, a preschooler yeah. who comes in wide-eyed and innocent and full of joy and laughter. That's how we should be in the presence of the Lord. So mm. those of you that are listening today, we pray that you'll be encouraged and that you will ask the Lord to show you what's in your life that's preventing you from childlike faith and the good, good Father who is pursuing you and desires for you to walk in absolute freedom and wholeness. Why don't we close in prayer? Dana, would you close us? Father, we thank you for the freedom that we have in your Son, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that as believers, our identity is found in Him. Lord, help us to set our hearts on You, to put our focus on You, to set our eyes on You, Lord, and to take off anything that does not look like Your Son. Lord, help us to look at what we have put on in our lives and anything that does not reflect Him. Lord, show us Help us to take those things off, step by step, piece by piece, and then replace them with things that look like Jesus. Lord, that's what we want. We want to become like Jesus. Lord, we want to be the person, the daughter that Jesus would be if He were us. That's how we want to live, in freedom. So, Father, we pray for those who are listening today who are struggling. Lord, I pray, Father, that Lord, we're all at different places in our lives. So I pray for that woman who might be comparing herself to somebody else. Lord, I pray that you would free her from comparison and just speak to her where she is today. Lord, for those who need to go to the next level with you, Lord, speak. Speak. Holy Spirit, convict us. Show us what we need to deal with in our lives. Show us the things that are keeping us back. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Show us the truth. Show us the lie that's been holding us hostage. And then God, set us free. Set us free to walk in wholeness, to walk that new life, shedding the old, putting on the new, until the day we see you face to face. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Afterword Podcast is a production of Bellevue Women and Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. For more Bible studies and other resources, visit bellevue.org women.